right, welcome to another episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour here on KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby. We are on the web also at koop.org. We are going to talk about a really exciting women's program here in Texas, and we've got Jill Gonzalez. She's the executive director of Women's Storybook Project of Texas. I'm not even going to give an intro more about it. I'm going to leave it up to you, Jill. Tell us about the program and and what it all means. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to to talk about the Women's Storybook Project. It was started, um, well, first I'll tell you our mission. Our mission is to connect children to their incarcerated mothers through through the joy of literature. We know that Um, children who hear their mother's voice and mothers who stay connected with their children are less likely to come back to prison and the children are less likely to be incarcerated. And so we're working with mothers who have a great desire to stay connected with their children. The program works uh, started in one prison in central Texas, and that was in 2003. And uh, we're now in all 12 state women's prisons. There are and 12 state women's prisons. There are. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, wow. I guess that's a depressing number. <clears throat> and, and yeah. Well, it's has- very interesting because when we started, you know, our founder, Judith Dolnick, is amazing. And she started in one prison and was all volunteer for the first 10 years. And they had reached six prisons by then. And her goal was, you know, to reach all the women all the units. Well, they kept building them. And so we've just now, we are just now serving all 12. There are um, 10 in central Texas and two in East Texas in Dayton. Hmm. So, so generally, how, how does the program work? You, you say in your mission, you connect women prisoners mm-hmm. with their, their kids or their children. How does that work? So what we do is we it, women qualify for the program. They need to have 60 days good behavior to apply. And then they have to maintain that good behavior through the four months of the program. And we send volunteers once a month to on a Saturday. And it's very much like a, a, a class where we also have a book fair. So if you've ever been to a children's book fair or a, a reading is fundamental day, we may have... Um, 20 moms, but we'll set out a hundred books. And so we'll gather together and talk about the importance of reading to your child and why the moms are there and who they'll be reading to. And then each mother gets to pick a book for each one of her children and they can take their time looking for the books. And then we have volunteers with digital recorders and the volunteers will record mom reading to her child, just as if your child was sitting on your lap. And if, you know, if you were lucky enough to have someone read to you, then you know that that's a good memory. And so mom will read the story. If it's a chapter book, she'll, she has up to 10 minutes to read to each child. So if it's a longer book, she'll read the first chapter. And then after the recording is done, mom can write in the book and send a message to her child or write, you know, trace her hand and say, put your hand in mine. Uh, She can also leave a message on the recording. You know, I love you. I miss you. Make sure to listen to grandma. And um, those are very touching moments because kids need that from mom. And then at the end, we debrief. We have a closing circle where we debrief from the program and let moms 
have their emotions and talk about it because that having children and caring for your children is not something you get to talk about in prison every day. But this is a time for a mom just to be a mom. And then the women go back to their dorms and we return to the office. And on Monday, we process everything. We make sure that they're written in correctly. We, uh, we check all the addresses. We turn the recordings. We save them to the cloud and then make a URL for each recording and then send those off to the caregivers. Are the, the books that the moms read, are they from the prison library or do you furnish the books for them? We furnish the books for them and then we also send the book directly to the child. So our, we have a, a signature book called The Invisible String by Patrice Karst, which is a beautiful story about the fact that all of us are connected by an invisible string of love. And so all moms can choose that book. And that's really the only book we purchase. So we have um, a couple thousand books and each, each team leader can make a collection and take it with them to the prison. Okay. So they take them, the books with them. They're not actually at the prison. The, 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 we the do book. store them at the prison. Uh. We, we store them. We store books at the prison. They're very gracious and give us closet space. But then when, if moms have a request or if children have a request, we'll bring in new books every month as we can. So if someone says, well, my son would like a Captain Underpants book. Well, if we have one, we'll bring it in. Uh Um, And inventory is all based on what is donated. What's donated. Uh, For for this to get started in the Texas prisons, Mm -hmm. was there, was it difficult? Was it, how did it? How was it pitched to, you know, TDCJ about, hey, we want to come in and read let the women prisoners? How, did, how was it received? It was a challenge in the beginning. It was done very well. And through connections that our founder made, she, she had heard about this program when she was traveling. And there was a program in the Illinois state prisons for women, just like this one. So she came back to Texas because the program just really touched her heart and said, do we have this in Texas? Well, the answer was no. And so she started working with a social worker that was her friend that already worked in the prisons. Mm -hmm. And then she was introduced to a warden who really liked the idea. And they did a pilot program in one prison. And once the pilot was well received, then it was much easier for them to expand. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a great program. What a great uh, step that you were able to get that through. Like Jane mentioned, we can see many hurdles that you would have to uh, jump mm-hmm. over to get a program like this through. I guess just a, a curious question. Was there any or is there any possibility that they can do a video of them reading the book? Or is it strictly sort of forbidden that you would bring a video in? So I will tell you that, that one of the gifts of the pandemic is that um, we were able to give mom a copy of a book. We had had to halt our regular programming. Mm -hmm. And so we started to work through the mail. And we thought, well, we can't send recordings, but at least mom can share books. So in the initial round, we sent a copy of The Invisible String to the mom and the child so that there could be a common reading. And that turned into being very useful for video visits. We had never seen that ever in in Texas prisons. There was the phone, but there were no video. So we currently don't work in video. 
However, moms have the opportunity to do a Zoom with their child. And so they can read over the Zoom. Um, often as the children grow on the phone or on the Zoom, the kids will read to mom, mm. which, which is really cool too. Yeah, that would be exciting for a mom. To yes. hear their voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Jill, this is such a, uh, well, I went on the website and looked through the page. It made me cry. It was so, it's incredibly heartwarming on so many levels. And um, I, I'm just so pleased that this is happening in Texas, in the criminal justice system in Texas. How did you find your way to this project? What led you here? So I have always been a reader and I was blessed to be born into a family of readers and I knew pretty young that I wanted to be a teacher. So I spent the first part of my career teaching and then becoming a reading specialist. And it was my great joy. And eventually there, there, there was a change in the philosophy of teaching reading. And we were very much being asked to teach for the tests and that wasn't my favorite and so I left and began working at another nonprofit in town for with the Reading is Fundamental project. And so I ran that program for quite a while. And then a friend approached me and said, you know, hey, we're looking, I'm doing a um, head hunting job and we're looking for a director for this organization. And honestly, I had never heard of it. And I too, just like you, Jane, I went to the website and I watched the video and there's tears pouring down my face. And I just said, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. And uh, luckily the board agreed with me. <laughs> and so that's how I got to Women's Storybook Project. Wow, nice. what a journey. And, and, and how long have you been doing it for, Jill? Uh, just about four years, almost four years. Yeah. Well, I will have to say, same with me. I, I had tears in my eyes, of, you know, kind of rolling down and for me, it, it's definitely a heartwarming time in my life. For my, I remember my mom reading to me very specifically. She read a lot to me, and I remember yeah. reading to my kids. And it was it was just the most incredible feeling to have. We we have three; they're grown now. But when we I, I would we'd have them all in the bed. Well, and it would be okay, Dad. It's your turn to read tonight. And it was a wonderful experience to, to do that. Now we even get to read to our grandchildren and to see oh, that. Oh, that's it's just, exciting! Yeah, it's 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 something that. I hope uh, it continues in the United States and, and everywhere right. because it is a it's it's a moment in time that you'll cherish for the rest of your life and the kids will remember it and and I, I know it sounds corny but I had a little trick that I see my my daughter doing now where I'd tell the, I'd say hey put your finger on that little T right there and that and so they'd put their finger on it and I would slap the book closed and they just thought that was the funniest thing and they say hey can you do that again <laughs> so you know that's that's a my dad's version of you know getting away with a little bit more than just reading but oh yeah it's it's it is it is really an important part of of our our upbringing and our raising of our kids and i'm so glad that you've been able to can help continue this program so before we um forget and we'll ask you a couple more times how do people find out about the program and, and how can they participate in um, Women's Storybook Project? Thank, thank you for asking. So we do office in Austin. Our office is over near uh, 360 and B Caves. And we have a fabulous website, which is www.storybook, 
storybookproject.org. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to find if you know you're looking, or you can just Google Storybook Project. Mm-hmm. And um, if you'd like, if you have a question to ask, you can email info at storybookproject.org. Great. And, and is there a training program that the volunteers go through and, and you help walk them through it before they go to the prison? To, to sure. Work prison? We have, um, so that there is, it, you have to be patient and persistent to volunteer <laughs> with us. Well, and often to- once a volunteer gets in, it uh, they'll stay for a long time because um, the initial process is just a, a little questionnaire on our website, but that will lead you to applying for a background check within the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And that takes a while. So you have to be patient. And then right now, because of um, COVID concerns, their training is online and that's a 90 minute training. Mm-hmm. And then for our actual program going into prison, we do have a training that you can take. But there's, it's really not that necessary. If you can take a, a little recorder and press record and stop and fill out a line of a spreadsheet, you're trained. That's okay. that's really all it takes yeah. to volunteer with us. Okay. Well, is there, is there a, a limit to the number of women who can participate at one time? There is. And right now, again, because of social distancing and being safe and healthy, um, we're, we're having classes of 12 women. Now, usually that class would be 22 to 25. Um, right now it's 10 and we'd like to get back this year to regular regular service with, we would send six, four to six volunteers and have 20 to 25 women because you have to have enough time to record everybody. And so um, trying to think of, there was another thing I was gonna add. Um, it's very important and, and part of our training when we, when we do the training is to remember that it's not our position to ask any questions of the women. We don't need to know why they're there. We're, we're purely there to provide this service for them and to build community. And for, so they can support each other, the, the folks who want to go home and want to do better and want to be there for their children. Because John, as you were saying before, you know that's a great memory when you read with your kids and now that you're a grandpa reading, last year at our luncheon, we had a gentleman speak. His name was Andrew. And he had the cassette tapes from when his mom read to him. Mm. And he saved them. And she was incarcerated when he was seven through nine. And he said, I still have the tapes. And his mom didn't know that. Oh, and so wow. he said, oh, I still, re- I still have them. She read me Magic Treehouse. And, she, you know, mom might read once, but the son or daughter can listen to that cassette or CD or now URL hundreds of times. And it does make a difference. It does. Hearing mom's voice does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, and the website mentions too, that the, this particular project, the stats on recidivism are pretty impressive that the women who participate in this program and, and do two questions. Do they just get to read one time um, or can it be repeated? And then the second question, the data that you have show that um, women who participate in this program, um, the recidiv- the, their recidivism rate is impacted. So two questions. Mom gets to read four months in a row. So she comes four times so that we have a, a class together. 
And uh, so they, each child gets four, four books and four recordings. Now, after COVID, our, one of our goals this year is to welcome every, every mom who participates into another four months of our program by mail. So she won't have the recordings to send, but she'll continue to send the books and they could do that over Zoom calls or phone. Um, so we'd like to double it to eight months. And then your second question, oh, recidivism. recidivism. We do not have our own data showing recidivism. It's a quite a difficult thing to study, but we're working on it now. But we do have anecdotal evidence that the program works and the program helps helps women stay connected to their families. Um, and just to follow up to that, for any of these women who participated in the program and have been released, have they come back as volunteers? I, you know, often they say they intend to come back as volunteers. We haven't had a, a mother participate as a volunteer. We've had a caregiver participate as a volunteer. So she was a grandmother and she, um, her, her grandchildren went through the program when they lived with her. And then after she was done caregiving for them, she came and volunteered. Nice. And that was very powerful because she knew what her daughter had been through and what the kids had been through. Yeah. So Jill, maybe you could share with us your most heartwarming or most incredible experience that you've either seen or been involved with sure. at, at the Storybook Project. There are so many, and Jane mentioned earlier that, you know, it's, it's so touching to see moms go through this, and I find it very hopeful. Um, it, it's this, you know, when I go to volunteer, someone says, well, are you afraid? I'm not afraid. It's the safest place you could ever be, because the women want to be with you, and the, the guards want you there, and it's just wonderful, and one of my favorite stories is when I was maybe a year in, I went to do a prison visit and I'm generally not afraid of people, <laughs> but I walked in and there was a woman who was, who just looked so angry and she was everything about her body said, I don't want to be here. And she was, uh, had quite a bit of ink and she was just intimidating an intimidating person. And when we went around the circle, she said, I have, a, I have a son and I've never read to him. So, you know, perhaps before she was incarcerated, she was not interested. Mm. Um, so she sat through the beginning and she went and I, I wasn't, didn't get to listen to her read, but she read and she came back to the circle. And at the end, she said, that is the best thing I've ever done in my life. She wow. said, I've ne you know, I, I wasn't ever ready to be a mom. And then when I was, it didn't matter to me. And now I want to know who my son is and I want to know, I want him to know me. And I just, I, I had goosebumps mm. and, I, and it was so touching because she came and she did the whole session and she read, and then he would tell her what books he wanted and it helped her relationship. I'm sure. Um, so that was, you know, off, often moms already stay in touch with their children, but she hadn't. And that was one of the most touching stories I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, I think ever been a part of. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing that's wonderful about it is it 
it goes two ways. The, the people that are going in and helping them read get get a lot out of it and joy and happiness and to yes. see people happy. And then, of course, the the women that are doing the reading in the prison, it, it's it's a joy for them. And I, I guess another question that you may or may not know the answer to, but outside of this kind of a program, what, what kind mm-hmm. of um, meetings do they have or what are they allowed to? I'm sure it depends on why and how they're in prison connections do they get with their family is, is this one of so, the few times prior to covid I, and i'm sorry i'm answering pre and post mm-hmm. but prior to covid there were visitation days every saturday and uh, some people get visits and some people don't it's a we, li- we live in such a large state mm-hmm. and because of the centrally central location of all the prisons a lot of people get visitors but, you know, if your family is from El Paso or Lubbock or, or the Rio Grande Valley, it, it's really expensive to make a visit. And then it's a very short time when you're allowed. So there are there's visitation. There are um, religious programs that have services. I don't know that there's any program I've heard of that connects. It's not true. There, there's a couple programs out of Dallas. Um, Girls Embracing Mothers, which is a fantastic program where moms and daughters visit. There's a Girl Scouts Behind Bars where um, girls visit their moms and do activities. But it's not it's not like there's a list of a dozen programs. There's two or three. Um, And then there is programming for women, but nowhere near the amount of programming there is for men. Yeah. Well, that that was going to be my next question. I'm so happy that you're doing it for women and moms. And again, we're in the middle of celebrating Women's History Month, so it's appropriate mm-hmm. to be talking about such a fantastic, wonderful program for mothers and women. Uh, do they have or are they contemplating a book reading program for men? Um, they would like they to read to their kids in, as well. Yeah. They would. Um, they exist around the country. Mm. Um, there's... Um, we did a, a kind of a, a geographic search last couple summers ago, and we found 38 different programs mm. around the country, but they did not mirror us. They weren't all just for women. Some of them were only for men. Some of them were for anyone. Um, we haven't served men yet because our founder's goal was to serve all the women. Mm-hmm. So we're there now, and we'll, we'll have to do some strategic planning later in the year to figure out our next direction. Um, but currently, I don't know of a an organization doing the reporting for men in Texas. Okay. All right. Well, Jane. Oh, well, I'm, I just was wondering if you are, if um, the women's storybook project is engaged or involved with the Texas book festival. We are. That's a great question. So again, it's been virtual for two years, but whenever we're in person, we are always there. We always have a booth. Um, we recruit volunteers there and um, generate interest in the program. So things we're involved in during the year are the Texas Book Festival, uh, Amplify Austin, which is coming up. Um, we have a Barnes & Noble book drive every year in November and December at in uh, North Austin and a South Austin location. And so folks, that's where we get the majority of our inventory. Folks can donate books then. And um, we have a luncheon coming up. We have a virtual luncheon that uh, folks are more than welcome to attend and learn more. Um, So there's quite a few opportunities to to engage with us. 
And, and while you're there, tell people again, how do they find you online and, and participate in the program? Sure. Our address is www.storybookproject.org. Um, if you Google Storybook Project, we will pop right up. Um, you can email us at info at storybookproject.org or call the office at 512-861-5110. Prison is not the only option for volunteering. You can volunteer in the office. You can volunteer remotely. Um, there's so many things to do. There's data entry, there's marketing, there's social media, and there's there's a lot of things for men to do as well as women and um, that you don't have to go to prison for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not literally go to prison, but go to, <laughs> go to right. the prison. <laughs> and, and some people get very nervous because they yeah. think they're going to have to volunteer every month. And they don't. We ask volunteers to do twice a year. Well, I think that's about it for our time. And, and we've been talking with Jill Gonzalez. She's the executive director of the Women's Storybook Project and all part of our month of celebrating the history of women. So, Jill, thank you so much for spending the time for us. I think you had one more comment. I do. And, and I would be amiss if I didn't mention that we're all over social media. If, if you look for Storybook Project on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, we're, we're there. Okay, so good. Those are other ways you can connect with us. And I'm so very grateful for uh, the chance to talk with you today. Oh, Thank it's you. lovely to hear about it and hear from you. This is just so inspiring.